0: Welcome to this week's sermon from C3Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net I want to talk to you this morning About a a workout that really gets results. Because back in the day, no one exercised, and yet everybody exercised. Like a hundred years ago. You know, everyone walked to work or they worked on the farm, or even if they were in the office, they were saddling up the horses and milking the cows. And or maybe not if you work in the office, but there was just a lot more incidental exercise. And then came the motor vehicle, modern transport, a lot more city office jobs. and uh, you had to organise yourself to get exercise. You had to be disciplined to exercise. You had to be in a sporting team. Or by the time the 70s came, you got into recreational jogging. And so that became a thing. And everyone was out there uh, learning, not everyone, but a lot of people got into jogging. And, uh, and then of course, sports and, uh, you know, exercise became very um, specific. You know, when I was young, the only people that went to gyms were the 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 psycho Arnold Schwarzenegger desiring, you know, bodybuilders. Uh, but today, everybody's in a gym, and there's all kinds. It's you know, there's all kinds of exercise programs and workouts, and just like diets, there's fads that come and go. There's so many different things to choose from, and uh, you know, you can get into. CrossFit and spin classes and high intensity activity, this and Zumba, and uh, the, uh, what do we have here? Jazzer size, uh, you know, power lifting, and you can get wearable technology bit things that tell you every minute of the day how many calories you're burning if you pick up the spoon and oh that works <laughs> i keep eating that'll burn up the calories and then of course you turn on the television and you can get sucked into something that's like you know three payments of 39.95 and it'll burn the fat away and you just sit there and plug it in you know just sort of yeah it's working for me and you just sit there all right I'll just order uber eats yeah you know, a triple hamburger and, and a diet coke that'll fix it and just plug in the machine you know and there's all kinds of wacky and weird ways of getting into exercise and all that and it's all good I mean it's I'm into being healthy and I think it's important for us to eat well look after this machine this body uh, in fact I'd like to say I'm pretty much the same weight I've been my whole adult life only problem is I've lost a kilo of hair and put it on around here um, so but but, um, better than, than just you know being physically fit is being soul fit fit and healthy on the inside of us in our soul in our heart our mind our spirit deep inside and um, and, and one particular area of our internal world I want you to think about this morning is joy. And, uh, and, and we're going to look at some, some exercises you can do that produce joy, just like exercises that you might do to produce aerobic fitness or muscle mass or whatever you're after. Uh, because the fact is, no one really wants to be unhappy. No one wakes up thinking, you know, I'm going to work really hard on being a grumpy bum today. I just, I, I, Happiness is overrated. Oh, I really want to be depressed. I just, No, we all want to be joyful and happy. And yet, so many times we find that difficult to achieve. And so just like having a routine or some discipline or some exercise that you might have for your body, there are some exercises you can do that will produce a happier you, a healthier soul on the inside including joy uh, but before we get to the specifics I want you to consider God's perspective in this, what does the Bible say about joy, what is God's will for you in this because some people are naturally happy and some people are not as naturally happy, they say there's a lot of DNA involved Uh and so sometimes you might be tempted to think, oh, that person, especially if they're a happy, clappy Christian, you know, they think, oh, well, they're just hyped up or they're just, you know, living in la-la land. Or... But I want you to see in the scriptures how it's God's will for us to be joyful. Let's look at Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And there it is. Thank you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. As you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a prayer that Paul wrote 2,000 years ago under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Put in the canon of Scripture, God's word for us to learn from, glean from, and pray over ourselves. And so it is God's will. When it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. So we know it's God's will. And notice that God can fill you with joy and with peace because God has those qualities. He shares them with us. The Holy Spirit lives in us, produces fruit as he grows in us. And so this is not just something that we hope for or wonder or possibly or that it might be or that God would like to do but can't. But no, no, he's really able and willing to share these qualities, to have these qualities grow into us because you know, contrary to popular opinion, God is joyful. Like God is not a grumpy old dude with a beard, angry, blind. Michael, where's my stick? I must smite someone. Young humans, who do they think they are? Eh, eh, you know, that's the image. Uh, I mean, Michelangelo didn't help the Sistine Chapel. It's a great painting. I've seen it. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, the finger of God and all that. But he's old and bearded, and I don't know. Maybe just a bit of awe of it. Just I'm not really here to give michelangelo tips on art okay but if i had painted it <laughs> it it what's that anyway so yeah michelangelo you know his theology probably could have done with a little charge but his painting was pretty good but um uh and as for david i mean why not clothes guys what's with that you know like there's they there's the statue of david it's like Okay, but he could have had some armour on. Anyway, it was just the classical style. Some artists can tell me why they all had to do the nudes. Um, Now, um, so God is joyful. God has a sense of humour. He's young. He's not aged. You know, and so he wants to share this fresh joy life with us. And in fact, Jesus made it quite clear that it's one of the reasons that he came to earth. I don't know if you've ever noticed this verse. In John 17, verse 13, recording the words of Jesus, he said, I've told them many things while I was with them in this world, look at this, so they would be filled with my joy. There you go. One of the reasons Jesus came to earth, so that we would be filled with his joy. And so what kind of joy are we talking about? It's just like, all right, occasional God sprinkle, you know, dust from heaven or a, a, just a little kick a, a lift in your spirit when you have a things go well for you and god just blesses you maybe in a meeting in worship occasionally just oh a little spark and a moment Now it's pretty powerful and consistent promised in scripture look at this verse first peter chapter 1 verse 8 this peter writing uh to the church you love him even though you've never seen him so now this is second generation believers you know Peter walked with the Lord and now they've got a whole generation of people hearing about Christ like us thousands of years later believing in God not physically seeing him as Peter had the privilege of doing seeing Jesus but he says you believe in him and you love him even though you've never seen him though you do not see him now you trust him but look at this and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy that's the result of following Christ. That should be the the natural flow or byproduct. You rejoice in Him with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The Passion translation puts it this way. I don't know if you've got the Passion one up there. It says uh, you you love Him passionately, even though you don't see Him. Uh, but through believing Him, you are. Oh, you have got it. I think is that right? You are. No, that's the message. I'll just read the Passion one. Listen, it says, um, You are saturated with an ecstatic joy, indescribably sublime and immersed in glory. These are powerful expressions talking about the, the joy. In fact, the Greek word for joy can be translated uh, cheerfulness, gladness, calm, delight. And the Greek word used in there for rejoice can be translated to be exceedingly glad or to jump for joy. I know a lot of Christians that aren't exactly jumping for joy but we should be because our faith in God is meant to lead to this quality of joy as something that's described here as pretty powerful yeah Uh, a joy in life that's touched by God's glory and yet as I said there's a lot of things uh, and for good reason there's a lot of reasons uh, you know why we're not always joyful because there's a lot of non-joyful things in the world trying to seep in angst and anger and fear and worry and regret and shame and guilt and stuff that you read in the news I spoke to a Christian guy the other day and he's particularly uh, uh, stable in his faith and and quite buoyant in his joy level and he's a mature Christian followed the Lord for a long time and um, and he and i asked him uh we got onto the the media and the news and all that and it it turns out he he keeps vaguely in touch with the news which is i guess a good thing to know what's going on but he doesn't watch the television news and he doesn't uh subscribe to a newspaper or read the news on a regular basis and he reckons that's part of the part of the reason he's just able to have a, a, a a light step now of course you can negotiate that for yourself you know you might you know need to maybe for your career need to be following the news and you might find politics fascinating and that's great go for it but you know we've just got to watch how much gets in and affects us and depresses us and the fear and the doom and the gloom i mean i just rode around victoria we weren't flooded now i'm not saying there aren't floods there but you'd swear the whole of victoria's underwater when you read the news you know and it's like oh lismore and it's coming close we're all gonna buy a snorkel it's only a matter of time we're all going down you know it's you know but so i'm just saying you know we watch how much we let get in us so there's got to be something we can do to see the fulfillment of these scriptures this is the word of god it stands forever yeah and these are promises and truths that we build our lives on because it's the only thing you can build your life on so you shouldn't just read that and go oh that would be nice oh that sounds lovely poetic oh indescribable joy how nice anyway I'm depressed and I'm just carrying on no it's like hang on if that doesn't match up with that I should do something so that that is being fulfilled in my life and you'll be glad to know I'll give you five things you can do are you ready these are five exercises first one go and do an hour of crossfit with hudson that'll no that's not true but in the natural I've known grown men to vomit having spent an hour with Hudson in the gym. I wasn't one of them, but that's because I cheated. Because he had this weird snake thing. We were in Bangkok or somewhere in some gym. Oh, the, I can't, oh, it was terrible. Just the pain and the memory of it. Anyway, but in a positive way and a less physically painful way, there are some things you can do. The first exercise, seek God. All right? Now, we'll just unpack that. I know it sounds a bit obvious, but this is the push-up. This is the classic, or the burpee, the classic main exercise that we we all can and should do. This is the one that we come back to because we've all got favourite exercises. You know what, you might be a runner, you might, I mean I see people running and I think, don't do it you're not a runner you know some people bo- you got you got the body for a runner and you're some people out there and they're having a go it's like they're just not built for running get in the pool you know they're just the weights all down here and it's you know and so some people are, well, if you put me in a pool and I sink so you know anything on two wheels that suits me uh you know you've all got different things some people like Kath loves where's Kath Kath loves the crazy classes I went to a class once and there's Kath and she loves it she's just little thing you've ever seen and they're screaming at you and I'm like don't tell me what to do you know and people love it They're like pick up your man I'll like, pick up your own man like, put it over there I'll put it over here you'd be hopeless imagine John Middlehoff going to a, a class right everyone do this way. Right, who are you telling me what to do you know He'd, <laughs> I, oh I, I mean it was kind of good but I don't oh and spin classes they, they, it's dark and they're screaming at you, go faster, 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 paddling away, mad. Anyway, no doubt you love that cat. So horses for courses, you know, there's all different kinds of exercises. But, oh, and the jazzercise, some of you people do the jazzercise. I, I think the music, the music's so loud, I think it's just to take your, eyes, your, your mind away from the pain. But they uh, and they work up a sweat i, I see them coming out and Say good on them that's great but my point is of all the exercises you might get into we're all designed to pray we've all got like a runner's body to run in the spirit we've all got a prayerful spirit designed to commune with God to seek God and we can get distracted and convince ourselves we don't have the time or it's not really me or I'm not really that way inclined or but we're all designed to press into his presence and that exercise produces joy you will know this from experience and you also see it in Scripture this famous verse Psalm 16 verse 11 you've made known to me Lord the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore now surely you've experienced this you pray i talked to someone recently and they said um, i really had to forgive this person they have a really good technique they're in the room they can share it with you later if they want to they said i got real resentment towards this person so i said i'm going to pray for them every day For a month and i'm going to make that month 31 days not 28 or 30 31 days and if i forget a day i've got to start again and so you pray for that person for 31 days oh after day 10 i forgot start again and you start again and you get you won't have resentment for that person you will feel nothing but love you pray for that person you've sensed the love of god you pray anything in the presence of god you will not have the angst and the worry and the fear and all the stuff that's going you will have joy you will experience it, yeah, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. He's joyful, and we're hanging around him. It'll, it's it's just going to rub off. It just happens, and it's promised right there. And, you know, sometimes joy, it seems so far away, it's just one prayer, just one prayer into the presence of God. And, and of course, as we go deeper into our relationship with God, we, we find this, well, we find joy is this wonderful byproduct of being in that place. Because here's the great irony. If you seek after happiness, you don't find it. You know, that's the religion of the world today, the pursuit of happiness. And everybody's doing everything they can to get happy. And they're getting stuff to get happy, and they're getting the better house or car or better spouse or relationship or going on holidays or doing all these external things and it doesn't get you internally peaceful and joyful and happy but the allure is always there isn't it i know but that that I, if i just get that extra thing or if i just upgrade to that or if i just you can do all that you can go over and over and over again and yet joy comes not when we're seeking after it and pursuing it for ourselves it just comes as we're actually doing something that's a higher purpose, as they say, doing something that's bigger than us. And that starts with seeking God. The greatest higher purpose you can find, to seek God. And then you find, doesn't matter what happens, you know, you still have issues and problems and you have, you know, people letting you down and your car gets a flat tire and you have financial pressures and you've got relational issues and you've got problems at work and, you know, this the stuff of life comes. But none of those things just steals your joy. none of them just takes your whole world and throws it into chaos because you can just step into the presence of God. and sometimes you lose your joy and you lose your what do they say? you lose your you know you lose your sense of reality and sense of karma, but you press back into the presence of God, and there's his joy. there's his peace coming in again. And you know um, as I said, that'll carry you through the tough times. Joy is strong. it's It'll persevere through difficult times. None other more difficult than martyrdom. I'm not suggesting that you're going to go out, you know, and be martyred this afternoon, but uh, people have been. And one of the things that stands out to me when I've read, you know, Fox's Book of Martyrs or other accounts of martyrs is the joy that they had. Not just you know they went home in terrible pain and suffering but oh they got to go to heaven and they made it through but uh, uh, amazingly so often quite happy to be murdered executed for their faith and one i read recently you may have heard of perpetua perpetua was a young noblewoman born in Carthage, about 150 years after Jesus started the church. So Carthage is modern-day Tunisia, modern part of Africa, uh, top, top part, I should say, top part of Africa. The Carthaginians, you may have heard of the famous Hannibal who attacked Rome with his elephants. They didn't survive, but, you know, he had a go. Uh, but, you know, he came from Carthage. Anyway, um, uh, Perpetua, uh, she was a, a, a noblewoman, Converted to Christianity, and of course that wasn't going to go down well because um, Christians were being heavily persecuted by the oppressive Roman government, and they were expected to make sacrifices to the Roman gods. And uh, she was called to account, and uh, she wrote about her experiences, and was published after her death. So it becomes one of the earliest writings we have of a Christian woman. So in two hundred and three AD. Perpetua was uh, uh, arrested, taken from her infant son, told to renounce her Christian faith and to make a sacrifice to the Roman gods and she refused and her father came to visit her and she recorded the events of his visit. Uh, he begged her to recant and she wrote this, she said, um, "Out of uh, while we were under arrest with her and her servant and other friends, my father came and out of love for me was trying to persuade me and shake my resolution. Father said I, do you see this vase here, for example? Yes, I do, said he. And I told him, could it be called by any other name than what it is? And he said, no. Well, so too I cannot be called anything other than what I am, a Christian. And so along with her friends and her servant, she was uh, baptised in prison. The prison warden was so inspired by her faith that he converted. Uh, Then they were taken to the arena, and the editor of her story, her diary, wrote this about her martyrdom The day of their victory dawned. And she loved that. And they marched from the prison to the amphitheatre joyfully, as though they were going to heaven with calm faces, trembling if at all, with joy rather than fear. Perpetuator went along with shining countenance and calm step as the beloved of God, putting down everyone's stare by her own intense gaze. And so um, they were thrown into the arena of wild animals. Animals attacks them and uh, injures them, but they're still alive and she sort of wounded and dying and then finally finished off by the gladiator's sword but of course at that moment her suffering's over and her joy is fulfilled bam she's in the presence of God and uh, I just think that is just so powerful like so many accounts carrying a joy in the face of terrible suffering and losing anything that the world's got to offer because there's a better world waiting that's got a lot more to offer and that's joy that we can carry Again, we're pretty unlikely to be martyred. But take the scale down millions of times. Whatever you face, may you face it with joy because of your ability to press into God's presence, yeah? Your willingness to pray and carry his joy wherever you go, right? So pray, press into God's presence, number one. Number two exercise you can do for joy is to express gratitude. Grateful people are happy people. The Bible says, look, there it is, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So, you know, do as you're told. I just love saying that. I used to love saying it to my kids. Haven't said it to the grandkids. I think I'm pulling out on that one. I think I'm just going to be that soft, easy touch, spoil the kid. They said, oh, give her a treat. I gave her one piece of a Kit Kat like there's four big figures. Oh, you didn't give her a whole piece. I'm like, flip, these, these, these parents are tough. I guess I was tough back in the day, not now. Oh, I'm soft. Next time, i her a whole Kit Kat. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Yeah, come on. Isn't that what grandparents are for? Just feed them up with sugar, spoil them, and then send them home. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Anyway, back to doing what God says and being good children. God says, give thanks. So I better. I think, all right, I want to do the right thing. God knows what's good for me. Give thanks. It's not optional. It's a commandment. Give thanks. When? Oh, really? In all circumstances. Well, it's easy to give thanks sometimes. I'm told to give thanks all the time. So, you know, gratitude is an attitude, but it's, it's also something that is expressed in other words something that we do to give give is a doing word remember basic school it's a verb it's something you decide to do it's not just something that just washes over you oh I just feel thankful wow well that happens occasionally you know things are just happening for us and we feel great but this is this is this is an exercise this is this is the spin class. This is a little something that you, you've got to decide to do. This is a bit of sweat sometimes to give. It's, sometimes it's a big give. Just like it's a big, just like, you know, come on, 50 more. You know, I'm thinking of Kath in the spin class. S- someone screaming at you. It's like, okay. it's You, you know, it's, it's not easy. But if you don't feel like giving thanks and you don't give thanks, there's no great reward for that. But... There is great reward here. And notice it says, give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. There's a big difference. It's not saying, oh, well, you know, you should pray like this. Thank you, Lord, for this sickness. Mm -mm. It's just so good that I can't get around doing what I'm meant to do. You know, that doesn't make sense, does it? Oh, wow, God, I'm so glad that I'm in financial strife. And I don't have enough money to pay the bills. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Well, that's just weird. That's unhinged. That's silly, you know. And some Christianity, maybe some, you know, f- silly faith talk has gone down that. That's not faith. That's just, that's just silly. So to give thanks in all circumstances is to pray, well, thank you, God, for my healing in this situation. My symptoms are having a go at me. I mean to be honest, this motorbike ride I did last week—I rang someone, asked him to pray. I left in the morning, and I thought, "Am I a crook, or is it just because I got up early?" And after a couple hundred kilometers, I realised I got the shakes. I'm terribly sick. I had a 700-kilometer day, and I got one of the mates to pray for me, who's a Christian, and I was, you know, and I couldn't turn back, and I stayed in this pub room and just fell asleep but I had to press in and press through and the symptoms didn't respond quick enough oh that's right John you prayed and um and uh and the next morning I just thought I'm g- I'm going to spend the day in bed and he's just dumb pub room I thought well I can't do that you know and one of the guys said leave no man behind come on get on your bike yes. so that's good for you you know and so you know you walk out you're healing sometimes it doesn't come straight away but you don't just go oh I'm sick that's it and proclaim it and confess it and you know so we've been preaching about this for the last few weeks so you confess your healing the symptoms change and then I was fine and so we thank God in the situation in spite of the situation not always for the situation and so God you know my finances wow it's tough i got to be honest Lord but I thank you that you're Jehovah Jireh my provider and I thank you that you will answer the prayers that I'm praying now for a pay rise or a better job or a breakthrough or wisdom to plan my budget or whatever you know so we pray through yeah not just silly thankful and this this lifts your spirit because when you're thankful when you're so so let's face it this requires prayer of thanks speaking thanks discipline with your words not just having a whinge anyone can do that but to thank god and to sing now you, know, you may not be a great singer, that's why we have good singers. Lead us into worship while we gather in corporate worship. And you, you know, sing louder, guys up here, because I want to sing, but I don't want to overdo it. You know, I want you to overwhelm me. You know, turn up. And then you sing, or you get the playlist and you put it in your ear things or in your car and you crank it up and there you are, You know, you know I love that one, I'm um, gonna wear my voice out or something worship him with joyful sound sing and it's not good for your voice but sing until you've burned your throat up or something uh you know give it all give it all you sing that that may not be the right words i admit okay but you know uh, but you sing that what does it do you can't stay depressed if you're singing those sorts of songs you know, and, and this is why you read the Psalms, David says so often, oh, this is a drama, this is terrible, they're trying to kill me, yet I will praise the Lord, I praise God. Oh, and he speaks to his spirit, says, come on, get up and praise the Lord. And so your spirit, your joy level lifts and responds to your decision to praise God, whether it's with your words, your prayer, or your singing, your voice of worship. And uh, And of course, as you pray, as you sing, you know what the Bible says, where we're seated right now ephesians 2 verse 6 bible scholars we're seated in heavenly places in christ jesus so we you get a perspective on your life you realize oh yeah physically i'm down here in the dirt going through this tough time but oh spiritually now i'm praying now i'm praising now i'm in god's presence and i wow and i get to see from his perspective that's not such a big drama after all oh that's okay and so that is that gives you joy that's 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 a buoyant experience, yeah, and of course, part of being grateful and expressing thanks is not just to God but to people, and so that blesses people. When you're grateful, your Bible says, encourage one another daily. You, you thank someone, you bless them, you send them a text, or you know, give them a call, or say thank you for something, for nothing except who they are in your life, or something that they've done or do, and. Uh, and that blesses them, but it, it helps you because it makes you appreciate things you might have taken for granted. There's a lot of people in your life that are a blessing and you could maybe, you know, make a list or start thinking, oh yeah, wow, yeah, I do appreciate that. And, uh, and so that's good for us as well. And so when you express your gratitude to the Lord or to people, you find joy comes as a as a byproduct. Third thing you can do to build joy in your life is to be a generous giver. I'm going to run through the last three quickly in the next hour and a half um acts 20 verse 35 records the words of jesus it's more blessed to give than to receive did i say 25 sorry katie uh verse 35 that's a good verse but it's the wrong one uh so jesus paul's writing uh paul was speaking it's a recording of his speech to the ephesians when he leaves them and he says uh the words of jesus that he had a revelation of jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive attributed to jesus not anonymous like the american express ad used to use for many times for many years which used to bug me and i wrote to them about it um i did used to say you know i had this you know moving uh, you know how you know how ads have got nothing to do with the thing they're selling you know you'll watch it and think oh wow oh oh it's telstra okay whatever you know it's like oh this is moving and powerful and life and relationships my baby you oh, know. wow and it's like Commonwealth Bank okay you're not helping me have a great family guys just because you're lending me money for a house it's like okay, settle down it's like just bring it down a bit and there was one ad that was one of those moving powerful and had it's more blessed you had a quote you know more blessed to give than receive anonymous oh, I was ropeable so um so um it was it's Jesus yeah so um look you know the experience if you've been a giver it's great it's fun it's exciting it's great whether it's you know buying little kids presents i mean honestly we've got as many toys nappies clothes in our house now than we did when we had children of our own ruth is hopeless she goes anywhere near a shop like what is this i look at the credit card you know baby co or there's there's a you know it's oh well you know if they're staying over so you know and, and it's a blessing you give them stuff you know and uh you buy presents for people or uh you know you you have that blessing that joy of having raised children you gave to them because uh, apparently it's a million bucks a kid yeah yeah and if they're successful then you take all the credit all right because you gave to them and then you have that joy of giving to say your local church building fund because you've contributed and added to this great facility that will bless future generations and other people who are yet to come. and So there's a lot of ways, little things, like, you know, me and my motorbike mates, well, The um, you know, we, we, we pay for our own stuff, but then we like to shout every now and then. One guy traditionally always pays for breakfast on the first morning, but he didn't come on this trip. So I took a selfie of us all and sent him the photo and said, send us your bank details, we need to pay for breakfast. <laughs> And he probably was going to do it, but another guy went and paid. So now we've got a competition between those two. It's like, all right, well, breakfast's on you guys. You know, it's fun, and so you try and shout, you know, and you do that with your friends, hopefully. And 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 so you know, giving is fun, and it, and it lifts your spirit, um, and uh, and so be a cheerful giver, as we're told in Second Corinthians chapter nine. Yeah, uh, lots more we could say about that. Just don't be like I read a quote the other day. Don't be like those people who say, "When it comes to giving, I stop at nothing." <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty lame. Um, okay, and then fourthly, serve God and serve other people, because uh, look, all the things I'm talking about that produces joy, as I said, is a byproduct. They all involve giving, doing something for others, not you. When you focus on yourself. You're never satisfied. You give to others. Well, what do you know? You feel better. And so that can be serving on a team at church, get, you know, helping with your time to, or your skills in your local area, uh, you know, with your expertise and helping people move house or whatever might be going on in someone's life. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much, you know, because let's face it, there's really, if you paint with a broad brush, there's two kinds of people in this world, those who give and those who take. And you want to be one who gives. And the ones who give end up getting more than those that are on the take. It's very easy to live with a sense of entitlement. You know, in our world today, so much talk about what somebody owes you. You know, it's the government's fault. It's your parents' fault. It's somebody's fault. There's no such thing as an accident. No such thing as your mistakes or anything you've done wrong. It's all their fault. Somebody owes you something. Well, nobody owes you nothing you know like come on let's be responsible and most of the time the stuff in our life is a result of our own decisions and even if it is a result of someone else that you know did the wrong thing you can now take responsibility to deal with that listen to Joyce Meyer's testimony you know and people like that pretty tough circumstances and then they're able to make something of their life because they're pressing into God and they're living to give So they're serving God, serving other people, rather than just thinking, who's going to serve me? Who, you know, what am I getting out of this deal? And so, uh, you know, rather than just, you know, navel-gazing and wondering, am I happy? You know, we're better off just getting out there. In fact, I read this quote the other day. um, uh, Serving uh, serving people are too busy helping others to think about themselves and, and ask, am I happy? I've paraphrased, it was said better than that, something along those lines. So rather than just thinking all the time, am I happy? Is this really making me happy? (laughs) Wrong question. Is this glorifying God? Am I living for Jesus? Is he smiling on my life? Is this going to add to me hearing, well done, good and faithful servant? You ask those those questions and serve God as a result, you're going to end up being joyful. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'll just say one thing about this. Uh, uh, John the Baptist, one of the greatest servants you read about in the Bible, you know, yeah, he's, he steps out of the limelight. Jesus comes, and he says these classic words, he must increase, I must decrease. Do you know what the verse says just before that? That's John 1, verse 30. Do you know John 1, 29 says, in this now my joy is full, that I might decrease, that he might increase. He encapsulated what joy is all about in that statement. We've all heard that thing, oh, he must increase, my mother, You go and read it for yourself, John 1 29. In this, my joy is now full. Oh, Lord, I am just feeling such a great sense of joy that I am serving you. And he had the accolades. Oh, here he is, the crazy guy. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm the crazy guy. I oh, what's my latest trick? And I wear clothes, oh, repent, oh, he's controversial. You know, or some hate him, but he could have his own TV show and, you know, be doing his podcast. John the Baptist here, I'm telling you, to repent, you know. And this week's episode, you filthy whitewashed tombs. Ah, listen to that. Oh, the papers will be having a go. So he had all that opportunity. And then he just backed right out. All All right, the Lord's here and I just, and my joy is found in what? In backing off and serving God, not in telling it all about me. So I think that was, you know, really instructive. Oh, so many good things here that we haven't got time for. You'll have to come back another day. The fifth one, share your faith. That gives you joy. Joy in heaven, Bible says, Luke 15, I think it is, angels are having a party. There's joy in heaven. Oh, there it is. There's joy in the presence of God. Angels, when one sinner, just one sinner repents. And so you know that feeling again. It's like giving. When you've shared your faith, you've had an opportunity to maybe overcome a little social awkwardness or whatever. And you oh, have an opportunity to talk about Jesus and share your faith and encourage someone to consider who God really is. You feel like, wow, that you do feel like you've done something useful, don't you? That's that's the, the product that comes of being salt and light. Well... As I said, there's uh, so much incredible, rich revelation that I haven't got time to share with you, But uh, and about humility too. I was going to just talk about that. So uh, seek God daily, express gratitude regularly, give generously, serve God and people passionately and share your faith consistently, and you will be a more joyful person, I guarantee it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Wow you are joyful and we thank you that uh holy spirit you grow in us and your fruit is produced in us love joy peace patience kindness goodness and the others we thank you lord for joy growing inside us and as a result of daily discipline healthy habits exercises that we do i pray that we will be known as a people of joy a people who shine light a people who bring hope to the world, who have peace and joy in our hearts as we follow you. You know, today, whether you're watching online or you're here uh, live, don't leave here without making your life uh, right in God's hands, committed into his plan for your life. You have the choice. Jesus came and he left us with the opportunity. He said, you must be born again, but the choice is ours whether we will believe in him. Commit our lives to Him. Trust in Him. Follow Him. Totally up to you. But I would encourage you to do that. Pray a very simple prayer or come and talk to me afterwards about praying a prayer of commitment to Christ. Best decision you'll ever make. Thank you, Lord. you touched on everyone here today. Amen.